Hey, this is Dirk Reviewer from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I am your host, Ghost Cult Keefe of GhostCultMag.com. I am once again overjoyed to be joined for my favorite hour of every month. Probably won't be an hour today. Stephen Tovey, the senior editor of GhostColdMag.com. How are you doing, sir? Very good. I'm all armed with my uh, matcha and lemon tea to get me through two for the price of one. So Keith said to put up with me for, I don't know, about 45 minutes already as we've tucked into our album of the year chat. And uh, now we have to wind it back a little bit and get into November, <laughs> which seems like a long time ago, even though we're still in it. Well... I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure that Omar Cordy, our producer of these podcasts, most of my female acquaintances, most people would say the longer they spend time with me, they find me to be more disagreeable and not nice. So hopefully we stay in your <laughs> good graces. I wouldn't either. Hey, we've, done, some we've done 10 years together. So, you know, How about that? Right? right. That's pretty great. I had talked about that with Tom. Sorry, it is technically Osman. I found that out now, so I should not say it wrong. But I've been vacillating between the two pronunciations. Tom is a wonderful writer on our staff. He's going to join me for one of our album of the year countdown episodes. Nice to get some new blood out there. Wonderful having you back. We are at the end of the year, so we are going to recap November briefly. There are so many releases in November. It used to be such a quiet month. I think that's gone. I kept hoping this was the year it would go back to, you know, a hundred releases. Nope. And uh, many more. And uh, December seems like it's starting to quiet down after the first three weeks, but still a lot of releases comparatively than it used to be. Yeah, and I think we briefly touched on it last time, but December used to be maybe you'd get one or two things the first week, and you're always going to get your Black Metal album out on Christmas Day. You know, that sort of thing's always going to happen. But it was pretty chill time. We could be doing our end of year lists, our guest stuff, and all that sort of thing. This year, 3 to 15 for December, we've got a fairly, not quite full schedule, but definitely 1st first December, 8th of December, there's some big records coming. So things haven't chilled. Um, we'll get into some of the detail around it, but 3rd of November was probably the biggest release week of the uh, of the whole calendar, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, surely in the top three, like had to be yeah. in the top three. It was like my, it was so hard. And I gave, you know, we, uh, we run our preview video and then that preview video kind of transforms into a post on new music Friday where everyone can see a whole list where you can buy and stream every, you know, the majority of records, even those lists had to be pared down much more than usual because they were so enormous and that's not to, you know, I'm not denigrating any smaller bands, independent bands. DIY bands are our original lifeblood. Um, I didn't make this comment in our album of the year piece, but so many of these underground records would have been like no brainer covered in the old Ghost Cult magazine, the digital magazine. And so, you know, we want to help underground bands get out there and get known. But when you have like 150 records coming out in one week, we can't even do the work to make that. We can't even create the content that would accurately support that week. That's what I'm trying to say. Not because of us or the lack of desire. It's just time, time consuming. It's hard. And we're only reviewing maybe a dozen of those, you know, 20 of those records on a heavy, heavy week. 
So, you know, we have to be choosy also. And you're a big, you know, you play a big part in that. Uh, but I think the bit, I mean, we, we talk about quantity throughout the course of the year and there have been other weeks that have been absolutely stacked. But in terms of big albums released and in terms of ones that will feature in, in the top in the top 75 without giving any uh, spoilers away as to which of this list is, but 3rd November we had a, another Atreyu EP that will lead to their, their album coming at Dying Wish, Fuming Mouth, Green Lung, Joe Quail, Silent Planet, Spirit Box, The Struts, Suffocation, Sugar Horse. Those are the ones we covered. Now, on any given week, you have probably two, two or three of those releases and they'd be our profile ones to have the 10, 12, whatever it is. And that's your, your week of coverage. So you're right, anybody else that released early November was unfortunately on a bit of a hide into nothing because the quality that they were up against is we've talked as the years gone on odd scheduling things in and around Bangkok Friday, the last Friday of each month being the big peaks, but this in terms of, yeah, you know, you go into your Friday and someone's tweeting, is it Xing or tweeting? We're still saying tweeting. I don't know. Um, but they're saying which albums are out today. I will never say, I will never say X. I work in social media. I will okay. never say I just X. No. I X did someone. No, no, not going to happen. Great. Tweet. No. I'm going to say tweet until I die. Um, randomly, and this has very little to do with what we're about to talk about before we unpack November for a second. Let me just ask you a question. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Uh, I, I know the record store day, Black Friday, Record Store Day in April is a thing. Black Friday is really an American experience, which I don't really love participating in. But vinyl records are my passion, beside the second passion of my musical makeup and DNA. And we don't do a lot of lives. We don't do a lot of these Record Store Day type releases, reissues. Re, you know, We don't do a lot of coverage of them. But are you at all interested in any of that? Does that ever come across your desk? Like, we're not covering the Record Store Day live Ramones release in 2022, but it's cool if you wanted to own it, because I did buy it. You know, so just curious, we don't cover those things. But like, I also do slip in little bits of coverage about them here and there, little stories and occasional little unboxings when they send me stuff. Uh, no, so I, I have confession time. Um I'm really bad about this sort of thing and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what it, what, where the, the source of it is, but bonus tracks, additional songs, B-sides, apart from Iron Maiden, The Wild Hearts, probably Metallica, let's, let's be fair, the Gary Sing stuff. I don't care. <laughs> I really should. And there's absolutely no reason why. Uh, live albums, really, really not bothered, um, other than the odd ones here or there. So like, uh, you know, you live after death, um, no sleep till Hammersmith, those sorts of ones. Although, as a nice little aside, the Ulva Greek Helen 2018 uh, live release that's now out on Bandcamp, get it, check it out, buy it. Like, uh, that was straight in and on the live. It's, it's incredible. It sounds like it sounds like Floyd and on like the momentary lapse of reason. So you know, if you put it on and you can visualise this enormous light show, and that isn't how it played out. But it feels like that, that sort of thing. But to come back to your point, um, so I'm probably the the right person to be the album coverage person for, for Ghost Cult. But I really don't know because growing up, I was, as you know, Maiden's my first love. Um, and I had all the first 10 years. I had all of the singles. I would buy, so I stopped buying vinyl probably about know, 96, 95, 96. We went to university and didn't have a record player with me there. Um, but I would buy three different vinyl. So like I've got 
different colors of number of the beast i've got all these other bits and bobs i've got picture discs and cuts and shape discs and random stuff up until that point but from the minute i stop by i don't pay any attention to it which is really bad as someone that is as into our world and our heavy music as as i am and we are well, there's no. only, you know, there's, <laughs> it's, it's okay. There's a, you know, it's not a, it's, this wasn't a test question. You passed. There's, um, there's only so many hours in a week and you have family and work and other obligations, refereeing things and a band or two. And, you know, like these things are hard. And also, you know, there's only so much spell. I like to say there's only so much space in the shelf up here, you know, in, inside the brain for me personally, uh, despite the fact that I seem like an endless font of useless knowledge about music. I will tell it's you also, as, if you were a, Ma- a Maiden fan, you had to buy all the singles because a lot of the best songs were singles and not on albums. Yeah, yeah exactly. And if you, yeah. If you wanted Twilight Zone or you wanted, I even just like that women in uniform and the, and the cheese, uh, cheese fest and those sorts of things as well. But, but I, I, do, I must, admit, I don't know where it comes from because even now with the multiple versions on, I use YouTube music, other streaming platforms available. I will want to go back to the original album, the no bonus tracks, the no reissues, the no remaster one. I just want the first ten songs if it's not on there, other than Maiden and Wild Hearts. But yeah. But you know it's strange, and it is a it's a me thing, <laughs> it really is. But albums all get the fuck out, as they say, isn't it? That's it. And so, on that last note about this whole topic, did you happen to hear the new Beatles song? The Beatles have three albums in the top Billboard 200 right now in America. Obviously, the vinyl reissues, expanded vinyl reissues of the Red and Blue Greatest Hits albums, and the new single Now and Then. I was wondering if it had somehow come across your ears. Probably not, but I'm asking. Well, no, it was obviously huge here. Some of um, daytime TV, early evening stuff. There's a show that's on every day of the week. Work, won't name check it. And it was given over extended version of that, given over to the new Beatles. Uh, again, I am a I'm a heathen. I don't really care to see much about the Beatles. Um, <laughs> again, I should. And I have, and people will probably, I shouldn't, I don't know how, I should announce this. I have my parents' original Beatles vinyl sitting in a box, that, um, including first day issues and stuff like that. But I don't know. I've just never, never really. Uh, Paul McCartney annoys me. Um, George Harrison's cool. I love the. Having said that, I really liked his uh, Cloud Nine album when I was a kid. I had that on tape and listened to that loads. Pull that one out. But that is my only Beatles album, Beatles related, sorry, album that I've ever. Oh, and Thomas the Tank Engine, which I don't know if you'll know what I'm on about with that. <laughs> I do indeed, but that's because of the movie Bullet Train. Um, some people are a diesel and others anyway are a, a caboose. And um, I also had the Cloud Nine record. George is my favorite Beatle. I personally love the new Beatles song. I should probably do some content around it because I actually I bought it and I think I have it here somewhere. Not exactly handy, but I had it handy yesterday and uh, I rather love it. And um, I don't. I only like the late era Beatles. The early era Beatles to me is pap and I don't love it, but I'm happy that it exists. I loved hearing John one more time in a new way, in a new song, but that's just me. I'm sappy and sentimental and we'll go on to, we'll get back to the metal now, everybody calm down. Um, as we say, I never want to shit on anyone and the stuff they love. And no, we always no. try and talk about the positive stuff. But and I'll tell you this about Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney should be flogged publicly, if only. He's a treasure, but he should be beaten publicly because of simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The worst Christmas song possible. Well, I don't know. What's the one? 
Parappa Pum's the worst one. Oh, the little drummer boy. Oh, I almost kicked Bowie. I almost kicked Bowie off the island for that one, but uh, that's okay. I uh, uh, and Dominic the Donkey is kind of racist. If you know that song, it's pretty racist. And and uh, Italian Americans love that song. I'm not sure why, but it's terrible. It's all right. You know, they've got to hate the swimming pool somehow. You know, if they want to do a Christmas song, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't do one. Don't do I, I know metal bands are doing a lot of Christmassy stuff. Now I will find, now that Thanksgiving in America is over, I will allow holiday music until New Year's. Uh, Mariah Carey, come out of your crypt, like the Crypt Keeper in a horror movie. Yeah. And do your thing. And I'll love, let it, I'll let I it love be. the Mariah Carey song, I have to say. But my, uh, my number one is always... So they, actually, my first, I say oh, Maiden's my first musical love. I do have to wind back probably about know, seven or eight years for Shaking Stevens. I, I love Shaky when I was a kid. Um, did have Green Door and uh, This Whole House and all those on vinyl and seven inches. And I did have the Shaky album and the first few on, on uh, 12 inches as well. So, and there's my favorite Christmas song. All right. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I like, I'll be home for Christmas. That's like a sappy, lovely one. And then, you know, there's the more I sang in like, I wasn't uh, religious, but I sang in all the choirs and glee clubs and things. So we did a lot of holiday music, which I do love. And I love Handel's Messiah and stuff like that. That was like, like beaten into me in high school and junior high school and private music study. So wonderful. Um, anyway, everybody that has still somehow tuned into this for metal, we're going to do it right now sorry about all that i just wanted to get it out of my system since it is the december episode and i think we specifically didn't talk about any of this last year so let's recap the brutal november that was because it was massive oh my gosh yeah and i, th- I think i obviously just run through the list of uh the, the first week of november that doesn't cover um I know the album that you were looking forward to and talked about uh, last time, Gamma Bomb, Helmet. Um, we had MT Void or MTV Void, MT Void, the um, Justin Chancellor album, Sodom Madden EP. Um, you know, coming through the through later in the month, we had a Earthside release, um, Sadus Reform back on Nuclear Blast. So, you know, um, so loads and loads of, um, and these are the ones that, I wasn't really going to be getting into so just to, to kind of pitch the you know the fact that november was was really busy while we we're also how selfish of the industry while we we're also knee deep in our album of the year stuff and trying to pull all that together um and pull, pull our, our lists and our top 20s um tip for anyone out there though this year first time i've done it this way is um i kept track of my favorite album of each week which then really helped when it came to pulling together the um my top 50 uh but top yeah top 20 for the for the voting so it was quite easy to sort of slot in but yeah so those are the i said it's, it's yeah quite a lot going on um in terms of november quite a lot going on it's a massive understatement um but the, the ones that personally wanted to, to pull out um as we usually do a couple of personal favorites so mentioned last month in passing that there was uh temich with terror management theory album so uh, Season of Mist, who seems to be branching into prog metal for the first sort of uh, tentatively, uh, you know, this year. Um, this this is a, an, al- an album that sort of features members of Devin's band, um, The Good Shining, the one that 
it's I, don't, I haven't cancelled uh neil morse um <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, yeah neil morse's band as well um and it's a, a really, really good. It reminds me of Leprous, uh, to be fair. A really good kind of prog metal album. Not the more recent Leprous, the kind of the but the popular song structures of the more recent Leprous, but with the music of the probably Cole um, Congregation era sort of stuff. But yeah, really, really impressed with, with this album. One I wanted to to be mentioned in passing last month, but I only heard it once at the time, I think. And that was um, a real strong one for me. Really enjoyed the Sophie Lloyd album. Um, we did talk about that last month. Um, Gary Orcock with, with the blinding review uh, on this one. Just some some really good, strong, melodic rock battle tracks with some incredible guitar work all over it. Host of different vocalists. Um, and what I like, and we'll talk about this for an album that's out in December as well, is the style of the song matches or is adapted to the style of the vocalists, on, and I think that works really well. So you kind of get you know, a nice little. Different palette, uh, things on the palette for that one. Um, in terms of other stuff from November that we didn't talk about last time, I really like the Struts album, which you might not have thought would be my sort of thing, having to slag the Beatles. Um, but it was like kind of glam, retro, Rolling Stones, I know, the other, so We Blow, Oasis, um, Stones, Beatles. But that kind of big, fun retro rock. And I want to, we, we mentioned uh, Papa Thrower. Uh, with his uh, his new addition to his family, Tom Thrower, um, a couple of months back. So Tom's out back from paternity leave um, and smashing out some really good uh, reviews of our kind of retro stuff for that one. And then no little roundup will be complete for myself without getting to some of the more disgusting, heavier, underground <coughs> sort of uh, sort of releases. So the first one I want to mention is probably not as underground as the other ones I'll cover, but. Um, Ghost Cult Favourites Beyond Grace. Um, uh, and I like, I really like the strategy of their release approach. I'm looking to see how it works. So it's good enough for Bring Me the Horizon. If it's good enough for Trey, hopefully be working for Beyond Grace as well. But they're releasing a series of three EPs, uh, four tracks on each EP, three originals, one cover, that will then make an album. Well, I'm assuming that they make an album at the end of it once they've got the 12 tracks. Um, so they haven't you know, um, got into what's going to be in part two and part three, but volume one, sorry, is Welcome to the New Dark Ages. And they're a, kind of a, a proggy, techie, contemporary death metal band, uh, for those that haven't heard. But what I like is there's a definite evolution. We always like it when bands improve, but there's, a, for me, a marked step up from the previous album, uh, Thy Kingdom Undone. I like the debut, Seekers, they like Thy Kingdom. But this one, they're adding in cleaner, um, cleaner vocals, a different take on some hooks, which is new for them, but not at the point of compromising the, the their sound, their core, their integrity. Um, and I so, say, yeah, I like where they're, they're going with it. With uh, hope, volume two and three live up to a really, really strong first volume. And then just the uh, for those that chip in for want me to chip in, sorry, with some of the uh, the proper undergroundy uh, releases. I did really like Vastum. Uh, I love the album title as well, Inwards to Gethsemane. Um, slight little uh, riff on the uh, classic incantation title, but it's on 20 Bucks Spin, which is a real sort of dark, atmospheric, murky um, record. Like Convocation, um, this is such a metal album title. No dawn for the Caligulous Night um, on Everlasting Spew. Uh, love Everlasting Spew. Giorgio, has got a really good ear. But I think in terms of breakout, Underground labels, Everlasting Spew and uh, Transcending Obscurity for me this year have both smashed so many great releases. That's more of an atmospheric Doom Death one. Uh, my 
my death metal album of the month, uh, for want of a better phrase, uh, is Cruciamentum uh, on Profound Law with uh, Obsidian Refractions. I think that's really, really worth um, investing in. Um, well, probably a new brain after having listened to it, but uh, yeah, some 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 really, really strong, um, almost like, I don't know, like tentacle-hooked death metal. Nicely done. Uh, I would say that I checked out some of these records because of your our last podcast, uh, Crucimentum in particular. Uh, big Vastum fan here. They're here in the Bay Area. Humongous fan. Um, not a humongous a lot of output, but like whenever they do something, it feels major. Uh, you know, I want to shout out Sophie Lloyd. I think it's been a very good year, like the comeback year of Shred Guitar. I think you have like the Shred Guitar type, maybe not the Shred Guitar type of album. Uh, with a bunch of wankery over some marginal songs, but actually really great songs showing that these uh, highlight-type guitar players can also write songs. And Sophie did that. Uh, Nikki Stringfield is an artist I have an interview coming up with who's in the Iron Maidens cover band in L.A., and she put out her first solo record ever, as well as one artist that I'm sure I'll be bringing up when we get to December's artists, uh, and I think there's a few others, too, out there that I'm probably missing. But um, let's see some other stuff. Of course, you know, I can't not talk about Joe Quayle and a double EP or a weird combination release. Another Duncan Evans special on the review. Joe is the quintessential ghost cult artist. If I could uh, Joe Quayle or Primitive Man, pick one. That It's one of them. Uh, yeah, that's a collapse that needs to happen. <laughs> right. And and Primitive Man is doing a lot of collabs now. And also Ethan has like a weird ambient side project. So like a kind of DJ music. So maybe I'll, maybe I can put, we'll keep putting that energy out there until it happens. Um, love the Spirit Box EP. I think I like Rotoscope a little bit more. But uh, the Fear of the Fear is really great. Uh, sort of EP album. I'm not sure which one it is. They seem to be talking about it like it's a full album. It feels kind of short like an EP. I'm not sure what the rules are anymore, and we help do this stuff. Uh, but know. It depends what's in the contract. I yeah, think, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. It depends, yeah, content and context, right? And so Spirit Box, another banger, and they're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Um, of course, I love Fuming Mouth. Can't stop talking about them as a band I've seen in little smoke. Even when you could smoke in bars in America, that's when I saw them first. And, uh, you know, Mark overcame cancer and put this record out and it's a beast. I just wish it hadn't come out so late in the year because I think it hurt it in terms of widespread acclaim. Uh, we got an awesome death metal album from, I'm going to butcher this, Hinayana. Uh, reviewed by our own Ragin' Rosie Walker, although Rosie is actually quite lovely and nice, but Ragin' Rosie uh, reviewed Hinayana, killer band. And uh, of course, I got to talk about Helmet from my roots. Uh, it's funny that two of my bands from my lustful metal teens, Prong and Helmet, both put out stellar records this year. Throw Overkill in there and you've got almost like my whole mixtape life for a couple of years there in the late 80s and early 90s. So, you know, it's quite a good month. Um, it was a satisfying month. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Gamma Bomb, of course. Uh, I hate to, you know, rest in peace, Snowy. Oh, Snowy, back to life, reanimated. Okay, so Gamma Bomb knows what they're doing also when it comes to thrash. Uh, can't get enough of it. They are really the, uh, you know, uh, 
they're Europe's answer to municipal waste to me. So I'm all for it. Yeah, that's cool. I think, yeah, I mean, you, you're talking about fuming mouth is a nice little uh, lead into the, I guess, the, you know, the announcement, the, the, the top three for our album of the month um, that we've, we've gone through with our, our staff. As we say, when we talk about these things, um, I think we started the year, well, I think we started the year, just Keisha and I have been selfish in choosing the albums that we thought should be over the month, but very quickly um, wanted to get everyone in the team involved. So like, our album of the year is a fully democratic, aggregated process, and now our albums of the month have been since April. Um, I'm glad we've been able to carry uh, carry this on. Uh, so our third place uh, for album of the month, uh, we had three, like, three, despite talking about the volume of quality albums, we had three real clear contenders, um, all within hair's breadth of each other. The third was Fuming Mouth, uh, Last Day of Sun, The Nuclear Blast. Now I'm going to answer back a little bit something you mentioned on our top, uh, on the on the top 75, you know, um, album of the year rundown about Fuming Mouth. You said you feel like this is their ride the lightning and the next one could be their puppets. I think what I like about, I'm going to pitch it a bit more because of this, this kind of almost like the Scandinavian roots to their sound. It feels like Terminal Spirit Disease was for at the gates and the next one could be slaughter of the soul exactly the same thing just i hear that more scando thing to it and i think it's really 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 sets them up to be yeah to making that next step forward and number two and i know we've both um raved about the green lung um and the the heathen land uh also on nuclear blast who had a very stellar end of the year um for those that haven't indulged in, in green green lung um sounds like i'm advocating medicinal elements but um for those that haven't engaged in the green lung um i wonder if there's some definitely some mushrooms and plants in their uh, <laughs> in their background and in their their songwriting stuff but it's a very i think pagany forest uh, based i think you know the easy throwaway is like a pagan yeah forest based version of uk version of ghost just to pitch it for you for that for your starter point so there's merciful fate you know, riffs and things the vocals and the um melodies remind of like a i can still never learn how to say infestation vocals and uh meliora sort of era vocals and things but there's more deep purple in the riffs a bit more of a british kind of feel to it like that uh sabbat without the thrash um bit to it but loving the green lung album uh callum reed did a, a stellar job uh with a review for that one but which brings us to our album of the month um for for november and i'm really pleased um to to announce uh, because i think the, the the previous album we spoke about um the underdark released our bodies burn bright on re-entry was a really really strong but probably overlooked um album didn't really seem to pick up too much in terms of album of the year credits and you know those sorts of lists but managed to climb um right out of the last friday of november on church road um takes that our bodies burn bright on re-entry and then just expands it in every direction it's kind of like a post black metal you know tremolo chaos emotional it's like dark everything you want from a kind of dynamics of a blackened metal album in 2023 so congratulations to to underdark i think you're a bit of an underdog um it wasn't a deliberate uh you know <laughs> use of the word um but yeah I, i've as you know from us talking about it and um the tweeting about it love this record um so really well really well played to yeah lovely job there steve and lovely job by the staff and you know when things align where they match up with my likes and wants it's just coincidence it's not uh purposeful but i will say 
Uh, I mentioned earlier about Primitive Man and Joe Quayle being quintessential ghost cult artists to cover. Underdark would be like the new gen quintessential band to cover. And um, I'm really excited by like Church Road Records, man. Just clap, 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 golf clap, Wimbledon clap. Just lovely job this year. A bunch of killer new bands put on my horizon. Uh, Wonderfully great release schedule, wonderfully managed, great promotion, wonderful to work with. Not supposed to have favorites, you and I do, but it's hard not to root for them uh, to do. There's got to be some skeletons. <laughs> Sammy and Justin are just too nice and too metal and just too good at this. So, but did you no. did you see uh, Sammy's solo kind of rap? I like it. Deathcore yeah, thing. Yeah. Sm- Smo. I don't know oh. how to. Pr- Smo. I'm not sure. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't Is it? I was yeah. expecting it kind of. A, I don't know. I was expecting something quite death metally. Um, just knowing the stuff that gets put out on uh, on Instagram and stuff, the little you know, little clips and stuff. It's really good, isn't it? It's like kind of got like a new metal '90s kind of yeah. rap feel to it. Oh, rap, not, rappy hardcore. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of a King Eight One O without like thuggery, minus the thuggery <laughs> yeah. and threat and the, like the threats and death threats in the raps, right? Um, one like it was awesome. It was awesome. I wish we could have gave it a little more love the week it came out, but uh, we're doing it now. So shout out to them. We'll tag, we'll tag the the gang in this. Um, Looking at looking ahead, uh, end of the year, like I said, December used to never be a heavy release schedule. It was always box sets, Christmas gifts, reissues, vinyl rarities and things like that. Now, I think because of the last few years, we're starting to see it peter a little. I think last year we still had like 10 releases the last week of the year for some reason. So at least it's getting manageable for our team now uh so in what are you looking forward to most in december as we round out this monstrous year of music releases yes yeah so i'm going to contradict myself a little bit off based on my tirade at the start of the show but i didn't think far enough ahead um so the two albums come out in december that i would normally not pay much attention to um one reissue re-record and one live album but i do want to to highlight um so first up orphan land got their 30th anniversary live album having you may create don't want to get into the politics side of things but i think it feels like a very poignant time for this celebration of their this band to be um to be happening right now um they've done a you know have been very very vocal uh spokespeople for peace in the, in the middle east and you know and, and everything that that comes alongside that and they're an incredible band so um i cast mine back to i'm going to Probably get the year from 93, 94. Um, talking about Grief Symposium and you know, um, my own band and life and stuff. I remember buying Lee, uh, guitarist, made him that long, um, a copy of Sahara on CD. If we got it from there used to be a mail order shop, Alice Records, and you buy stuff based on the description. And you know, you're talking about, um, just it just sort of like caught, caught the caught the mind like this, like kind of like, yeah, Middle Eastern folk metal band with. Progressive X Y Z, and so we bought Sahara, and it wasn't the finished article. I mean, let's not pretend it was our favourite album back then. Better than some of those uh, that we picked up from Alice Records, but but they've grown and developed into being an incredible um, progressive, um, nuanced, you know, 
intelligent metal band. So, uh, and this is the celebration of everything they are. Um, it does seem like I said a point in time to to be released. Um, speaking of thirty year anniversaries, so I'm coming out of gig, gig retirement um, next Friday, this Friday even uh, to go and see Paradise Lost with my dying bride. Um, and Paradise Lost have a reissue, say reissue, sorry, a re-recording of the their classic. Uh, so I don't use that term lightly. Absolute classic, essential to European metal from the mid '90s onwards. Without, without Icon, I don't think most bands that we that came out of Europe in the you know the late mid late '90s sound like they do. You don't have Amorphous. You don't have a whole subgenre. You've got the metal. You, you know, you may not. You know, it, it's such a game changer. Um, they've unfortunately, due to contractual reasons and uh, Music for Nations owning the original of Icon, they don't own the songs, they don't own the artwork, they don't own any of the, the stuff to do with it, so they've had to go and re-record it. Uh, I, I still haven't listened to it, despite having had the promo for a while, um, because I, I have a weird relationship with Paradise Lost in that I absolutely love um, the first, first five records. And... I'm then weird with them after that. And this is on me. They did. They made some choices. They did some things with their albums that I didn't like at the time. I've reconciled some of it. I remember having a chat with Cy Glack and their um, UK PR when they reissued Host about why I couldn't or wouldn't review it. Um, but I will listen to Icon 30. Um, our abstract soul who's done the coverage tells me that it's it's really, really well done. The production is, is immense and exceptional. And I do love Paradise Lost there integral to my music listening and they are you know one of the icon is in my top 20 albums of all time so i want to shout out to that i'm really looking forward to the gig them and then my dying bride just said two of my teenage me's favorite bands so we'll see so we uh end up with those and not deliberately but i did mention amorphous um in in that little talk about paradise lost uh one of the other albums i'm looking forward to in december um is I, and I, apologies again on pronunciation, but I think it's pronounced Bjorko, um, which is Tommy Quivasari from Amorphous's solo project. Uh, so the album's called Heartbot. It's on Svart Records. Uh, it takes a similar format to Esther Holopainen from Amorphous's Silver Lake project, where there's different guest vocalists across the different tracks. Um, and again, like we said about Sophie Lloyd, the tracks seem to be written with the vocalist in mind and then make the sort of pitch to the style of the vocalist. So you've got a, a death thrashy, mellow thrash sort of opener, which features Jeff Walker from Carcass, all those through to folky, cleaner tracks and sort of everything in between. It's a good mix of stuff. It's in the melodic metal space. It's not a million miles from Amorphous, similar to how the Silver Lake wasn't a million miles from Amorphous, but I, I love that stuff, you know, and uh, Tommy Judson guests on it, as you'd expect, on the most Amorphous sounding like song that's on there. Um, so that's those are my sort of uh, the main sort of yeah melodic metal ones that I picked up. I'll just do a quick little shout to Polar Sun um, UK band reminds me of Black Peaks, much lost, much lost, much missed uh, Black Peaks. Who I think you know late twenty tens were um, were a really interesting band. So kind of like an alternative proggy indie alt rock sort of with some stony desert stuff. Really good vocals on uh, this. Um, and one more before I hand over to you to talk about perhaps the number one album for uh, December. I say perhaps the number one album for December. I do want to give a little shout out to Imperialists. So talked in passing around Transcending Obscurity being a breakout death metal label this year. Imperialist is their um, 
They're black metal band. So it sounds um sounds in the immortal um sort of vein. It's, it's kind of like a bit of a I like to use the word a bit of a romp, a bit of a like melodic blackened kind of ball of energy. But yeah, they're an EP uh, called Quantum. Um very, very well worth checking out. All right. Very well done. I also love Paradise Lost. I have not checked out the promo yet. Uh, did not have Paradise Lost and Taylor Swift doing a similar record thing in their careers. But here we are. And the record, in you know, it's the music business, not the music friendship, unfortunately. And that is a fact. But I love Paradise Lost. Also, I stayed with them through some of those squiffy, uneven albums. But some of them are bangers and I love them. But uh, some of them are not. You stayed there for that one. I stayed. I stayed in a while before I got out. I didn't really get out actually. But um, and to say actually, from Plague Within onwards, they've rediscovered. I'm back on board. Um, Plague Within and Obsidian in particular, two really, really good records. Indeed. Uh, so talking about some December forecasting, um, not to sound repetitive, but Full of Hell at this point is getting to ascending to a higher echelon than they have ever been. Uh, very rare air where all their stuff is starting to be just, sometimes they're complex, sometimes they confuse you, sometimes it's obtuse, but it's always high quality. And I feel like everything they do now is gotta be impressive. And they're doing a split with nothing. Who's also, you know, we've given them a 10 of 10 once early and high eights and nines at other times and maybe a seven in there. So, Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of Church Road Records, going off, if you want some straight up punk rock, they've got it for you. Kill List EP coming out. I think it's their debut or their debut, their debut, legitimate label debut. Um, here's an artist I don't like, but I'm going to check out their record out of curiosity because the sometimes you get a press release that's so good. You're like, I'm going to give this another chance. And that's Little Lotus. Epitaph's kind of punk rap, like if Machine Gun Kelly had talent um, and didn't suck. Uh, I normally would not listen to this, and I didn't like anything this person has done before. But I'm not denigrating. It's just not for me. Clearly, I'm not the target audience. But the press release was so earnest and well-written. I was like, I'm going to actually go listen to the promo. So I'm going to do that this week. Because it comes out Friday on Epitaph Records as this runs. Uh, speaking of shred guitar and instrumental progressive metal, Pliny, who we just covered live. I'm pretty sure there's a review popping up any day now from Chris Small on Ghost Cult as Pliny opened for Periphery in America on this current tour run. Pliny's great. I interviewed him a couple of years ago for his Pandemic Era record. Uh, Unprocessed, shockingly, has another album out after last year. So two in a row from them. Um, Strike While the Iron is Hot, I guess. Um, kind of progressive metal, sometimes metal, like death metalcore maybe is the word I would use. Um, we talked about Atreyu a little bit in passing. And of course, you know what I'm really – two other things that I'm really looking forward to. Evergrey, I don't like pirate metal, but Evergrey, if the Iron Islands and Game of Thrones was a band, it would be Evergrey. And uh, they have another release coming out from Dark Discoveries to Heartless Portraits. So that's going to be fun. And, you know, of course, health. I'm a big nerd for the dancey synthwave stuff. And this record is, I've heard it because I interviewed 
Jake from the band. So I got to listen to it early and it is brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant and on par with similar synth wavy bands, but it's also like they're proudly metalheads. So even when they're making their most danceable tracks, they're trying to find out ways to almost bring the heaviness back in this release. And maybe the recent acclaimed releases from them, like the disco and remix albums dialed back the use of guitar. It's all the way back. Now they have full on guitar tracks like ministry fear factory ish, uh, stabbing westward bands that I in nine inch nails bands that I adore. And if you like those bands, it's health, maybe smarter lyrics than some of those bands actually, except for, Stabbing Westward. So that's coming out. Rat Wars is coming out on Loma Vista next week. And uh, just a wonderful record. And that's that's what I'm looking at. Not a lot to you know hang your hat on in December, thankfully. <laughs> no, I think um, there's one other I think that, that's caught the ear. I don't know if anybody had the one listen so far. Um, let's observe the 93rd. Um, sort of rock kind of you know, big, big quirky sort of stuff. Um, Looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, similarly, I think, um, so I was quite late to health. Um, the last kind of the disco for remix or re reworking album was where I jumped on board, but, uh, everything I've heard of the new one is just, uh, just incredible. Just really good. Just, I don't know, just, just beyond that great songs just really yeah I think that's the bit for me that works is you have the industrial bits you have the darker bits the the guitars mixed with the synths and all that sort of stuff but it's if the songs aren't good it doesn't it doesn't work and the songs are really good so right um, I, I, think, I, have, you know, I have a great story about health if you got a second for an anecdote um this is the most California thing to happen to me since I moved to California. I There's a bookstore that I like in Berkeley, California, near Berkeley University. Uh, it's just a few blocks away from the UC Berkeley Theater where I go see a lot of bands, including my two for, for Suicidal's 40th anniversary recently and Baroness. And there's a bookstore, Half Price Books. They also have vinyl. They have a lot of cool stuff, ephemera, all the things. And I go in there about two years ago, right after the remix with Nine Inch Nails came out, the collab slash remix. And she's wearing a health shirt. And I didn't know if they had just played or she traveled to see them. I think she told me she had gone to the L.A. or Chicago Cold Waves to see them. So it's like one of those things. She went to the Dancy Industrial Festival to see them. And I was like, oh, health, cool band. They have a brand new song out. She's like, health is the truth, bruh. And I was like, yes, health is the truth, <laughs> brah. That's what she said to me in that exact accent. And uh, I don't know your name. You uh, are lovely. And I thank you for selling me whatever I bought that day at the Half Price Bookstore. T-shirt vibes. You know what I'm saying? When you vibe with somebody who has a cool band shirt on and then you have a cool interaction. But anyway, sorry about that anecdote I had to share. Uh, that's cool. Uh, I think um, you know, we've, we're covering off, and I think with how the schedule will go with, with the upcoming podcast. So, talking of two for ones, like we do at the start, I think uh, it's only fitting that we, we round off our Power Hour 2023s by saying that Health will be our December album of the month. So, you get Underdark and Health in a two for one to round things out from us in terms of the uh, album of the month. So, this year, out next week and exceptional. 
very worthy and uh, no issues there. And uh, yeah, what a great year. And again, shout out to you for all you do. I, I know I'm just repeating myself from the other podcast. Uh, shout out to our wonderful and amazing staff who I'm going to try to highlight and feature on this podcast more next year. So our listeners get to learn a little bit more about their individual tastes there. You know, um, sometimes bands and labels share our reviews to great effect and other times not so much. But the love and the effort and the attention to detail and the care that is put into these things, the bands know, the fans know, and you and I know. And that's a lot. It really says a lot. Our staff has been exemplary this year. I run out of superlatives and big words on a Monday after three cups of coffee and not enough sleep. So uh, I'm good right there. I don't know if you have any other final notes you'd like to add, but uh, I'm I'm happy to wrap it up and, and what a year it has been. And we will be back in early January with the, the start of another one, another year. I was going to say, and we've already had... Just, just to warn people, the spreadsheet already has 89 albums on it for 2024. <laughs> and that's, uh, so we're getting ready to go. But we do get a couple of weeks off. So we at least have uh, Christmas and New Year. Although Panda Christ <laughs> are releasing an EP on the 5th of January. Just of the course, only one. Of course they are. Because <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> Um, And by the way, I think last Christmas in the break between Christmas, a bunch of of publicists scheduled stuff to cut, like to just launch while they were away on halls and family and stuff. So all sides of the world. So on one hand, it's like, oh, I can relax. No, you can't because my inbox is still going to get barraged with stuff for March starting any day now. And we already are actually. So – Sir, I, uh, if I had to be, you know, to to go with the old parlance, if I had to circle the wagons with anybody, I'm glad it's with you, Steve. Thank you for everything, and thanks for this 2023. And uh, thank you to the staff, and thanks to anybody listening. And uh, thanks. I, I have nothing else to say. Cheers. <laughs> I'm gonna sign off in the usual ode to Hetfield, going back to my teenage years, and say, "You want heavy, baby? Ghost Coke gives you heavy." See ya. This has been another episode of the Ghost Coat Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostcoatmag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Coat Mag. Until the next time, peace.